I like all geniuses except for country and rap geniuses. <laughs> uh huh. God, that was a really good joke. That was a really good uh, joke. I might have to edit it into the podcast. <laughs> it can be our like uh, cold open. Mm-hmm. Let's warm up the old cold open. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. Uh, so we listened to No Fences by Garth Brooks. No Garth Fences Brooks make no neighbors, as I like to say. A very, very good joke. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh... <laughs> I guess they're just all, they're all our brothers and sisters because they live in the same shitty uh, house as us. Neighbors. Yes. Yes. We all live in, (laughs) we all live in a yellow house with no fences, a yellow house with no fences. Uh, Uh, Can we start over? (laughs) (laughs) You mean our lives? I would love a chance at that. Let's do a little bit of follow up. I feel like I came across as pretty bad talking about the word redneck and i blame having a few (laughs) drinks here there you Uh, you blame the rednecks (laughs) i blame the fucking rednecks those assholes in the flyover states no Uh, i (laughs) i think i think i I didn't express myself very well all i meant to say was that in my experience there are many people who do get called rednecks and that can be regardless of their education progressiveness whatever that's an insult that some people apply towards other people But the people who call themselves rednecks are usually, in my experience, terrible people. And I've had definitely some experience with that. And I do say that as semi-insider criticism, as being someone from a rural (laughs) place who's done some pretty rednecky things. Um, Right. (laughs) I have very fond memories of working on my grandma's farm and riding around in a pickup truck with some dogs, which was actually super, super fun. (laughs) Did you have a BB gun? Is that a redneck thing? No. Or uh, an actual gun? Uh, That's probably more of a redneck thing. No, I actually didn't. Yeah. It's un-American. Um, <laughs> so, that's, that's interesting that you say that and make that clarification. Um, I think that's sort of what I wanted to talk about with like the pander meter, which is this idea that there is this um, constructed cultural identity as opposed mm-hmm. to an, a real folk cultural identity um, that like modern country music is like sort of responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you're saying like a negative badge of honor and that definitely uh it pings the pander meter uh, pretty hard a few times on the on this album. I would say much right. harder than the last one. Really? I don't know if I'd say that. Interesting. Well, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let's we'll get into it soon. Uh. Yeah. One last thing that I wanted to say. Here's Please. an anecdote. I I tried to in response to some listener feedback from our listener, our dear listener R. I tried to find an article explaining why country singers all sing like that. Um, and have uh-huh. since probably around the 80s, I guess. Um, I couldn't find anything. 
I mean, I found a bunch of forums on the web, on the internet that were just like people asking that same question, but nobody had a good answer. Um, so I never did find an answer to my question, but I did find a YouTube video of a man singing country and Western songs in a Boston accent down at Faneuil Hall. (laughs) That was pretty great. (laughs) That sounds hilarious. Yeah, it's great. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, also this isn't necessarily very interesting or funny, but Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) Lay it on me. Have you, have you ever listened to Roscoe Holcomb? Uh, what did um, you call me? Roscoe Holcomb. How you dare listen you? To him? No, no. Who's uh, that? He has uh, an an album called That High Lonesome Sound, um, mm-hmm. and he's like one of the first recorded like country singers. Um, to the extent that I wouldn't, I don't know if I would really call him a country singer. It's more he's more of a folk singer. But uh, he, when I first put, I first heard him on an LP mm-hmm. after um, my friend gave it to me. And I uh, put it on. You have a record I player? Like, I do. Yeah, hmm. it's currently not cool. operational at the moment. Oh, but, awesome! Um, right now, <laughs> um, but when I put it on, it was just like super high singing. So I like hit the button because I was like, "Oh, I put it on the wrong speed," mm-hmm. and then it sped up more. <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Oh, I guess he just sings like super crazy, stupid high." Yikes. Um, I thought Bill so, Monroe was the first one to do that. Dude, Bill Monroe's got nothing on Roscoe Woo! Holcomb. You gotta ch- you gotta check him out, man. Damn. I'm not kidding. Okay. Out of control. Uh wait, is it like it all sounds, false? It setup? sounds really uh it's gotta be. Okay. <laughs> it sounds really cool. I mean it's an awesome sound. Uh-huh. Much, much different from what we're about to talk about. <laughs> um, although I want to say, like, uh, this album, I think that Garth's singing on No Fences is, I think he's really coming into his own as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. And while some of the decisions that he makes might be, you know, bad. like a little silly or hokey or in or bad, <laughs> um, everything that he does, he does with like a a pretty remarkable clarity and, and intentionality charisma. and control. Um, yeah, I was just like pretty impressed with his singing mm-hmm. in, in this album, especially. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think overall he, he definitely is coming into his own as a vocalist. Yeah. Yeah. So this album, no fences incidentally is the best selling Garth Brooks studio album. It sold 17 million copies since 1990. So very many copies. That is so very many copies. Yeah. Um, beaten only by his, uh, live album. I think it's called double live or something like that, which sold 21 million copies, which is even more. I can't believe that a live album (laughs) would sell even, even two copies. That's insane. (laughs) Even, yeah. I mean, you can get like live bootlegs for free. What are people doing? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what he. Maybe he counted it as that. He was just handing them out on the subway. Oh, oh there you go. And now mixtapes. Yeah, he's he kept proclaiming to people that his mixtape was fire. 
All right, Cameron, tell me what happened in 1990 that's of any importance whatsoever. Uh, nothing much. The first web page was made. Um, uh, the Simpsons happened. Uh, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Nelson Mandela was released. Um, Berlin Wall comes down. East and West Germany reunite. Um, Ice Ice Baby happened. <laughs> Tearing up the charts. And it's still happening. It's still happening um, to us. Iraq invades Kuwait and uh, Twin Peaks. So yeah, lots <laughs> Pre- of pretty sig- significant stuff. Yeah, lots of like geopolitical shit happening. Yeah, I as we go through this, I'm going to be curious to see like, is there ever like a year when everything's just like kind of cool? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Simpsons are pretty cool, Cameron. You're right. That's what Bart tells me anyway. Yeah. But don't have a cow, man. Cowabunga. Don't have a cowabunga. <laughs> don't. Dude. Don't have it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the Thunder Rolls? Yes. And the Thunder Rolls. And the Thunder Rolls. Every light is burning. So, um,. After I listened to the uh, Garth Brooks album, Garth Brooks, um, you can say that the again. first time I went right into the Thunder Rolls. Me too. And uh, it was it was pretty stark. The difference um, it opens up on a very very James Taylor esque um, sort of hard panned like double uh, finger picking guitar like left and right back and forth sort of like ping-ponging back and forth it's very very produced well, there's thunder yeah i was gonna say sound it, it opens with the th- thunder sound effects right yeah even before the guitar starts uh you're probably right And uh, and I think he really sings like James Taylor in it, too, um, which is pretty interesting to me. Uh, but hmm. the song is I don't know. It's fine. It like there's no <laughs> there's no punchline to it at all. Um, it just uh, it just sort of is. It just sort of like paints a picture of mm-hmm. um, it's uh, late at night and um, the uh there is a male figure on the road and it's stormy out. Um, and, uh, it says he's coming back from somewhere that he never should have been. Um, and then, and where is that cuts? Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious pretty soon that Mm -hmm. he was like fooling around with some other lady, right? Because it cuts to a lady, um, in a faded flannel gown, which I thought uh, I've been listening to this on like different speakers and headphones. But when I first listened to it in the car, I thought it said she's pacing by the telephone in her favorite flannel gown. Oh. And I was like, I That's thought it was really something about clowns detail <laughs> in her in her favorite flannel clown suit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. It's a country clown. <laughs> the old <Bonk>. rodeo clown. 
<laughs> I guess that is a thing, yeah. yeah um, no, whatever. it's her faded flan- flannel gown, and uh, she's just hoping that the reason he's out so late is is the weather, which is weird because... It's 3.30 in the fucking morning. She's she's hoping that uh, he's, like, kind of in danger and, like, in peril, <laughs> uh-huh. as opposed to fooling around with someone else. Right. Uh, yeah, but um, anyway... The she's waiting by the window. He pulls in, um, and she smells perfume, and that's basically the song. And the uh, the main lyrical device is um, thunder rolls, the lightning strikes, another love grows cold on a sleepless night. As the storm blows on, out of control, deep in her heart, thunder rolls. Um, and we are just reading rap rap genius. Um, well, it's just genius dot com. Sorry, genius.com, country genius. <laughs> uh, we were just reading a lyrics uh, site to just try to get to the bottom <laughs> of what's <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, in this, what like, is it? What's inscrutable happening? Inscrutable enigma of a song. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it claims, the genius claims, uh, that uh, it has something to do about like the turmoil in a relationship or something. Oh. Uh, and it's a metaphor. Well, if you can't trust Mr. Genius of the Genius family, the country genius is his, uh, that's his Christian name. I mean, who can you trust <laughs> if you can't trust him? Country Genius Junior, the third. <laughs> He's Esquire. a junior and the third? <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's like six people. <laughs> He's really interesting. <laughs> oh, cool. I like this guy. Uh, I like him already. It's. He uses a singular pl- pronoun, even though he's multiple individuals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. So I, I had some other thoughts about this. Oh, yeah. So it sounds really, really good. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. it sounds way better than most of the songs than the last one. It's a very poppy production. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it sounds just like, you can tell that he like made some money mm-hmm. and the studio executives or whatever were like, yeah, give him whatever he wants. We're just going to like explode, uh, the billboard charts, mm-hmm. the country billboard charts and the normal ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was like number one on the country billboards and then pretty big on the normal ones too. So, which is funny because uh, this is not a country song at all. No, <laughs> not even close. Uh, there is a kind of there's a kind of country hit. I think there's one country moment where it goes the thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. Don't don't don't. Yeah, I mean, sort it's not, of country. It's, it's not country music it's as more much like country as it rock. is like. Yeah, I was gonna say it's more like spaghetti western or something. Okay. Yeah. I can like see it's that. like. It's more Western than it is like actual like folk country or something. Right. Um, it's sort of a pastiche or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, electric guitar stings in the in the chorus are like super fun and hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a call and response, uh, and the electric guitar is like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> like after every line, the thunder rolls. Bow, and the lightning strikes. Another love goes cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just constantly and it's very indulgent and it's super fun. The thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. Another love goes cold on a sleepless night. The 
as the storm blows on. Uh, actually, Brooks, the one of the people playing the guitar is one of the writers of the song. The other one is Brooks. And the session musicians, including the writer of the song, recorded the song live with no overdubs and no second take. Wow. This is the raw output, folks. That's just all, all of all of those tasty riffs were just right <laughs> off the dome. Yeah, right off the dome. <laughs> what the fuck? I know, right? This guy's a genius. Seems almost <laughs> unbelievable. A country genius. Oh, the fifth, man. not the sixth. Um, <laughs> here's an interesting fact about this song. There is a third verse uh, that was what not originally written for the song, but was added into it and then taken out again. But also, Brooks sings it in the live version of this song. Can, can I stop you real quick? This I song mean, sounds like it's missing a third verse. It does. It does. I literally thought that. Like, this is like a weird, incomplete song. Okay. You mean like it? lyrically, it's not complete, or like in, musically, it's it's lacking a place to go to. I would say lyrically, given like uh, Garth's sort of uh, proclivities, is that the word I mean? Um, Probably. His his tendency to like <laughs> better than anticlivities. Yeah. Um, his clivities uh, to um, the neutral clivities to sort of tie. He always wants to like tie stuff up with a bow. That's it's, a good point. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was really weird that he ended it with. Um, the last uh, unique lyric is um, a strange new perfume blows and the lightning flashes in her eyes and he knows that she knows. And then it's thunder rolls, thunder rolls, etc. Oh, here's the third verse. Yeah, let me I'm read it at the to lyrics you, right now. It, this is the bow. <gasps> what? She runs back down the hallway <laughs> and through the bedroom door. She reaches no. for the pistol kept in the dresser drawer, tells the lady in the mirror he won't do this again. Because tonight will be the last time oh. she'll wonder where he's been. And Nathan, I literally have goosebumps right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so oh, well man. written. Send That's chills up way my better. spine. Do you say it's way better? I like it. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, do you like it? Um, I don't know. It's I way feel more like... fun. I care about it more. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's a more dramatic moment to end on that moment, that like moment of clarity where they both look at each other and they both know. I this like that that just feels like cliched for her to just like run down and grab the gun. I don't know. So wait, are you you're saying that like you like this song without the third verse? I like it better without the third verse. I think leaving it more open ended is a much more like fertile place to leave it than. She's going to shoot him. The end. Yeah, whatever. It's super fun. It's a murder ballad now. Oh, well, murder ballads are fun. I do like that. Oh, murder, 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 murder. Yeah. Do you want to talk about song number two? I do want to talk about song number two, Cameron. Thank you for asking. This song is called A New Way to Fly. And this song. Let me guess. This one's your favorite. No, it's not my favorite, but it's not my anti-favorite either. New way to fly, far away from goodbye, above the clouds. So this song is A New Way to Fly, and cutely enough, it's a song about bar flies. (laughs) 
So I like that little uh, implied wordplay. And this is a song about bitter, broken people who drown their sorrows in order to experience some measure of the feeling of flight. And yeah, I, I'm pretty certain this is a song that gets taken the wrong way by probably most of Mr. Brooks's listeners <laughs> because it is extremely dark lyrically, but it has oh, yeah. such an uplifting tone on the chorus. Um, this is one of the verses here. By the end of the night, they'll be high as a kite once again, and they don't seem to mind all the time or the money they spend. It's a high price to pay to just find a way to get by, but it's worth every dime if they find a new way to fly. So the entire song is basically just an ode to these people who are just trying to find some measure of, I don't know, enjoyment of life inside of a bottle. And I think I would like it more if there was like a piano player that they all sort of like projected meaning onto. Uh, yes, like a <laughs> attack piano. <laughs> Some sort of uh, a pianoforte person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. male person. Yes, yes, yes. I do think that the line, they all once were lovebirds, now bluebirds is all that they are. I think that's kind of cute. Especially I like that too. It's like an old country lyric. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Especially because it, it plays on the whole like bluebird of happiness thing trope. Yeah, but yeah, but then if then it then it goes really weird. It says they landed in hell yeah. the minute they fell from love's sky. Which is really weird. Okay, so this is the weird thing about this song, is that like it sets up that this is a song about birds. And then I keep thinking that the metaphor is continuing, but it totally isn't. And it's just really weird. So there's like all of these really weird moments if you're like imagining birds, like uh, they landed in hell. Oh, if you're like trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to imagine it literally as the simile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or like uh, a new way to fly is just like meaningless. Um, yeah, the chorus and... is pretty bland and generic lyrically. <laughs> and. Imagining them all crashing and burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is another non-country song. This is like a, a '70s pop ballad. And, sure. Yeah, like a tiny little bit of slide guitar and his little bit of countryfied vocals are. That's the only thing that tilts it anywhere close to country. Oh, uh, do you know what else I like? Kind of hate. What is this? What is this device? I. This is one mm-hmm. of my least favorite things in poems or songs. When it says the minute they fell from love's sky. Mm. What I also is hate that? Because I hate that. Yeah. I think I think that's probably a form of personification, maybe. Or I don't I don't know if there's like an actual poetical device name for that. It's just trying to do too many things at once. It's maybe pretty they're much... saying the minute they fell from love's guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> The old classic misheard lyrics bit. Yeah. Yeah, everyone thinks that it's, excuse me, while I kiss the sky. Yeah, they're totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix was just gay. Like, come on. Or no, he was bi. Sorry, he was bi. Um. <laughs> excuse me while I kiss this bi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's just dehumanizing, Cameron. Come on. <laughs> I got to use person-first language on this yeah, podcast yeah. more. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this this song is... I don't know. Not great. 
there's a, a little bit of piano impressionism in this song. Mm. How do you mean? Uh, Explain that. At the very, the very beginning and at the very end, it goes... And I think it's supposed to imply... Wait, is that Coldplay? F- Clocks? Th- yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, that was actually Chris Martin's first uh, studio work. Oh, yeah, he was a session player on New Way to Fly. He was like 15 or whatever. He's like, guys, <laughs> I just came up with something. And then so, and then someone in the studio called up his friend. And he's like, uh, hey, I got that new sound you're looking for. <laughs> you may not like it, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> your, your adult contemporaries are going to love it. <laughs> Look at the birds. Look out the sun for you. <laughs> and they were all yellow birds. Uh, <laughs> or, I'm sorry, uh, I mean bluebirds. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like he's forgetting the lyrics and writing them as he goes along. That's crazy. Uh, I'm trying to remember more Coldplay lyrics, but they're just all so awful and I hate them. So I can't, I can't uh, remember. Well, have you, Cameron, how could you forget such stunning lyrical uh, constructions as Viva la Vida? What now? Viva la Vida. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Long live life. Yeah. Anyway, Come let's go on to the next to song. Meet you, tell you I am a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Two let's of a move kind. on. <laughs> she's my lady lucky. I'm her wild card man. Together we're building up a real hot pan. We live out in the country. Hey, she's my little queen of the south. Okay. So this is. How do I sum up this song? It's one long innuendo. Yeah, it's one long innuendo, but the, the literal things that are happening in the song is it's it's a man sort of bragging about his monogamous household and how they're about to start making babies oh, um, yeah. in the in the context of their their uh, country, I guess. Um, that's like the imagery through the whole and the language through the whole thing. Uh, a pickup truck is her limousine. Her favorite dress is her faded blue jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of other moments. Um, her strong country love and is hard to resist. Mm-hmm. Um, even like I'm her hardworking man. Um, we got like Queen a of the South of these, also. Sorry. Queen of the South. Queen of the South. Yeah. So um, sort of it's. It's it kind of reminds me of uh, George Fox University, our alma mater. Um, when <laughs> <How so? laughs> very very vaguely, but uh, so like the thing that was popular in uh, was procreative is, sex. Uh, no, I was going to say the thing that was popular is talking about like how rad sex is when you're married. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, like you're going to wait, but it, oh boy, it's really going to like. Just blow you away. Uh, Oh, which is followed by probably my... I like this lyric pretty well. Sometimes we fight just so we can make up. Oh, man. It's kind of... I think it's kind of fun. That makeup sex, though. (laughs) Where you're both wearing makeup, 
and yeah. get a little role playing going on, and it's like so glamorous. <laughs> gotta love that. Uh, <laughs> but first, you gotta fight before you can put on the makeup. Yeah, you do some like uh, stagecraft swordplay. Um, oh, is that what they call it? Swordplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I need that little woman. Like the crops need the rain, Nathan. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I need that little woman. I'm gonna rain on her crops. Uh, uh, we really fit together if you know what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Hold on. I just hold on. Yep. Hold on. Wait. Uh, slower. <laughs> uh, what I'm do you think to about figure this out? What do you think about the I whole uh, cards let's, thing? Let's consult the genius. Oh no, to the genius. <laughs> okay. What do you think about what the does whole, it mean? What What do you think about the cards? Okay. Oh, so the cards. Um, is that just a pander? Hey, her- Sorry, what? Is that just a pander? The cards thing. Hey, I'm her wild card man. Or building up a real hot hand. Oh yeah, the the main lyrical device is um, we're two of a kind working on a full house. Mm-hmm. You mean all of that stuff? Yeah. Also, I think it implies that that this is a lesbian singing this song because I don't think a man and a woman can be two of a kind. It's remarkably progressive, I would say. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that. Like, maybe we'll bring this up later. But like, Garth Brooks is actually like super supportive. I guess we'll have to look into it more. But like, he's a gay rights activist, or maybe not activist, but at least a celebrity. An ally who says he's an ally or something. Hmm. Yeah. We'll look into that more. Okay. But I was like, I keep coming across that on Wikipedia and saying that, like, actually, there's a super interesting quote about that. It He says something along the lines of, like, you just have to, like, trust that God will explain why um, s- s- the God will explain someday why you're attracted to someone of the same sex, which is like a super, like, <laughs> kind of like red state, like conservative Christian way of explaining it. Uh-huh. But I kind of appreciated it. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh so this song, I feel like it definitely there's definitely some pander meter here. Um Big time. it pings. Yeah. So like it really celebrates um really celebrate yeah, pickup truck blue jeans i think i already mentioned everything we'll find yeah. some country music on the radio i think you mean the uh, ra- radio <laughs> excuse me that is what i meant yeah you pronounced uh, it wrong we'll find some country music on the radio i'm yours and you're mine hey that's what it's all about that's what i'm talking about like even though that's really silly he fucking nails it yeah like, it actually sounds that's hard pretty good <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to do, and he's really good at it. Um, but yeah, so here's here's what I feel about this. He's not really he's not glorifying anything negative necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's glorifying like uh, kind of like a very conventional heteronormative, or maybe not. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, probably a marriage relationship in this thing. It's seems what he's talking about um but i kind of don't mind it's fun it's not that different from my personal experience except for all the country stuff uh so Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably pretty benign, but I would I would probably give it a six on the pander meter because it's sort of it's sort of um those like keywords just for the sake of 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 using them. Right. Like uh there's there's no actual um I feel like it might be a little manipulative. It's just like, right. hey, I'm I'm setting it like this so that like people will like buy into it. Right. And he really lays yeah. on the affected vocals for this one. Like the yes. first two songs on this album are are like he fairly pop style vocals. This one he really, really lays it on with countrifying it up. But yeah. this is also the first country song on the album. You got the yeah. like root fifth bass lines in the verses. Uh, you get some, but though you get some like blues style walking bass lines in the chorus. You have a, like a fiddle solo. Yeah, it's it's the first country song. I think it's also. I don't know if I'd have to go back and check. I think this is the first Garth Brooks song with a bridge. Hmm. Um. The pickup truck is her limousine part. Yeah. Yeah, our pickup truck is her limousine. He repeats it though, so that might just be the chorus. I mean, it's like it's more like a old jazz standard style bridge, like an okay. old old song bridge, as opposed to a thing that happens one time in the song kind of bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm looking out for those though. I want to like find some bridges. Yeah, and then burn them. I don't. Yeah, that's a recurring metaphor in Brooks's work. It comes up a couple. Does that times. happen again? Yeah. All right, I missed. Is it, it the next song? I forget. I was, yeah, I was yeah. It's, gr- it's literally the next song, that and that's sale. that's what we call a segue. So especially especially when you <laughs> yeah, you got to lampshade it like for that. it to be a good segue. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just do it. You got to say that. Can we all just segue. stop? Yeah, and then you drive that segue right off a cliff. <laughs> Anyway, next song, Victim of the Game. You've been sifting through the ashes, just trying to find a flame. Holding on to nothing, you're a victim of the game. I think this song was co-written by M. Night Shyamalan, because this is a song with a (laughs) twist ending. Twist! twist when i listened to this i literally went oh shit <laughs> no, you at didn't. the end i i i shit you not i said that oh um i was in the car and because here's the thing the whole the whole song i thought it was about a woman like i thought it was mm-hmm. like a man sort of patronizingly saying like oh you're a silly woman like um getting your heart broken or for some reason i just like assumed Right. That it was, I guess I well, was projecting like. Let, let me synopsize the song. Him. Let me synopsize yeah. it. So this song is Please. phrased in the second person. Brooks is addressing someone who's gotten their heart broken, the titular victim of the game. Maybe it was that word titular that made you think it was a woman. Yeah. Uh, so relevant lyrics are things like, now there's no one else to blame, there's no one quite as blind as a victim of the game. However, the ending reveals the very last final couplet of the song. That he's looking in a mirror at the victim of the game. Man, it's it's deep. Uh, so it it's, got me. It's it's got a twist ending. Me. Yeah. 
Although, I I do think that once you know what the twist is, it becomes a much worse song. Like, and any subsequent <laughs> listenings of the song past the first one, it becomes a much much worse song. Um, because then it's really hard not to read it as just a self pitying, uh, like kind of sad sack. You know, you were standing way too close to see it all fall apart. And there were things you couldn't hear because you were listening with your heart. It's, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you disagree? Uh, here's here's what I think. I I love I love the music of this one. Um, this is the, the super uh, Elton John chorus. This is the Elton John one. Yeah, and it made me think. I don't know if I've ever listened to Elton John lyrics. Because I like his music, his chord progression so much. I feel uh-huh. like that's all I listen to. So, like, now I'm wondering, are Elton John lyrics good or not? And maybe we should listen to him next. Ooh, good, but, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road is a great song. And Are those lyrics Are those lyrics good? Yeah. I've never listened to them. I mean, they're, like, sort them. of archetypal, nonspecific, but I think they're good. In fact, I think Mr. Brooks could, like, work with those lyrics. They wouldn't seem out of place for his oeuvre. <laughs> There's that word again. <laughs> My favorite word. Uh, so the thing that makes it sound really Elton Johnny is is that there's it borrows a lot of um, harmonic tricks, a lot of um, non diatonic chords, chords that are outside of the normal expected um, uh, songwriter chords, mm-hmm. and it's almost almost in sort of like an orchestral sort of feel like the way it develops and then works its way back into the original key and it does that every time it goes to the chorus there's this one particularly elton john moment um where he says it treats everyone the same and then there is the chord that it hits on the same and then there's this uh electric guitar part that goes <laughs> and it's rad it's yeah. really good yeah it treats everyone the same. All you need to hold. Yeah, the the music is really cool in this song. I think yeah. lyrically it's not great. It's no pretty weak. Um it's very nonspecific. It falls prey to cliches like bridges do get burned, which is in the second line, I believe. He doesn't even define what the hell happened. I think you know, like some of his songs are so specific and work as like very, very grounded narratives, like the next song, Friends in Low Places, that this one kind of stands out as being a very vague kind of like series of aphorisms about getting your heart broke. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. It, even just saying a victim of the game is mm. just like, I've, I don't care about that at all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's, just, it's like it's I feel like um, our mutual friend, John Roberts, once said that he thought the purpose of a cliche is to get across a large idea in really efficiently and quickly so that you can move on to another idea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the opposite. He's using <laughs> really a cliche because he has nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> of interest. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that the very last verse mm, kind of has some interesting tension going on once you know that he's addressing himself. Um, he says, uh, you can try to fool your friends, but you can't look them in the eye. There ain't no standing tall in the shadow of the shame. 
when everybody knows that you're a victim of the game. And I think it's, it's, mm, you could read it as sort of an oblique reference to uh, men's inability to emote or be true to themselves in that way. Yeah. Um, hmm. And being like a little bit of a self-criticism, but I don't know if that's really. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a little bit of self-critique as opposed to just pity maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I don't feel like it's super like droopy dog. I feel like it's like, ah, <laughs> uh, it, it happened again. Gosh, darn it. Like kind of like, I imagine him like looking in the mirror in the bathroom and just sort of just shaking his head and being like, Garth, Garth, Garth. <laughs> oh, you need your heart to be a victim of your game. <laughs> was that a good droopy dog? I can't even tell. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty spot on. Oh, great. Thanks, man. Okay. Well, um, next song. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of droopy things that are lower than other things. Okay, yeah, Segway. before we start talking before we like start paying in the pander meter, I just got to say like he hits some like bass notes in this song that are like choice. Yeah. And I didn't he know does. Garth had it in him. I really want to hear more of Garth doing this. Yeah, he doesn't do it at all in any other song that I've heard. Nope, nope. And I mean, he's basically doing this for the novelty value. Yeah, but it sounds awesome. It really does. Not in a not novel way. Yeah. So I'm I'm almost mad about it. (laughs) He could be singing this way the whole time. Um, Explain me the song, Cam. Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely the biggest hit on the pander meter in both of these albums it's called friends in low places uh let me paint you a scene Uh um the singer shows up um it kind of feels like it's a wedding i think it's a wedding i think that might be the suggestion yeah yeah so um shows up at a wedding of an ex uh and he's he's not dressed for the occasion. He's dressed in boots. Yep. Um, and he even he even says, "Blame it all on my on my roots. I showed up in boots." That's the first lines of the yeah, song. That's a cool rhyme. Uh, and ruined your black tie affair. Um, so he comes up to his ex and her, I guess, new new spouse, and uh, he takes his glass of champagne. Um, and there's fear in his eyes, um, in the spouse's eyes in the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because this like drunk dude in In boots, (laughs) in boots just took his champagne and he's holding a bundle of roots for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) And then his boots. (laughs) (laughs) And then what happens? (laughs) uh please edit that out um and so he he toasts uh to his ex and says said honey we may be through but you'll never hear me complain because i've got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away 
and I'll be okay. I'm not big on social graces. Think I'll slip on down to the oasis. Oh, I've got friends in low places. Uh, and he doesn't really have any more plot that happens, um, but he just kind of goes on and sets up this dichotomy of um, of of being a not politically correct, um, basically a redneck. Um, he literally and, says, <laughs> he literally has a, a dismissive reference to that ivory tower that she's living in. Yeah, just give me an hour and then, well, I'll be as high as that ivory tower. Yeah. Um, so he sets up this whole dichotomy, but never really like, he never really defends it. He just sort of, it's it's actually pretty bothersome to me because hmm. basically he's saying you're you're either rich and like i guess like he there's no good critique of rich folks or affluent people which there's plenty to critique about like intellectualism uh and like um classism and things like that so he he could have made a whole song about that uh but instead uh the clear good guys in this story are like the people at this wedding and the clear bad guy in this story yeah. is, is the singer who is basically just equating, you know, being low class with being uh, with having substance abuse issues and being a dick. Yep. Um, and being proud of it, um, which is basically exactly what you were uh, so upset about. <laughs> last I don't know if I'd week. say upset, but. Um, or la- last time when we talked about Alabama Clay, this right. the redneck idea. I don't think this song is as bad as Alabama Clay, and I'll tell you why. But Interesting. first, b- before I get to that, I do want to say that the first time I heard this song was but a scant few years ago, and it was when my friend Robert sang it at karaoke, and it's one of my fondest memories. So hi, Bobby, if you're listening, he's from Texas and he grew up on a beef farm, so he's probably much more of an expert on Brooks than we are. It's a super fun song. It's super fun. It's a great karaoke song. There's um, a fantastic gang vocal at the end. Uh, and fantastic what? Gang vocal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just if I were just to look at the lyrics, I feel like I probably should really dislike this song, but it's so much damn fun. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to dislike this song. And I think I think part of what makes it fun and endearing is I think this song is much more self-aware than Alabama Clay is. Interesting. That, and I, I don't know if this is coming across to many of the listeners and I don't know if even like this interpretation that I'm putting on it is even founded at all. But I really do think that this song is aware that this dude is just drunk at a wedding and is like, yeah, saying, fuck you. This one is like, just go have like a different spouse at hell. I'll just go drink some more. <laughs> uh, and I, I think, I don't know. I do think that, uh, it's kind of exaggerating the critiques of the elite, this uh, ivory tower that you're living in. Uh, I showed up in boots, ruined your black tie affair. I, I mean, Poe's Law, 
Like it's, it's hard to tell intentional satirical exaggerations of something from the most extreme versions of it, which are sincerely expressed. It's hard to tell those two things apart, but I feel like he's kind of going for an exaggerated self-aware quasi critique that is um, definitely aware that substance abuse is not going to solve his problems, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. Interesting. Um, I th- I think that the impact of this song is probably bigger than Alabama Clay, though. Mm-hmm. In terms right. of like what you're talking about, like a negative badge. Oh, like honor. spurring on negative uh, yeah. impulses. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, one more thing I want to say about this song is that there. This is another song with a missing third verse. Oh yeah, I just found it. Yeah, it's, there's no murder in it though. It's yeah, unfortunately, there's no murder. Um, but there's some A to M. A to M. <laughs> yeah, the last. Uh, it's the same as the second verse, except for the last four lines, where he says, "Just wait till I finish this glass, then, sweet little lady, I'll head back to the bar, and you can kiss my ass." I think I think that third verse is just there because it's like, oh, here's a fun, cool little cuss. What a cool cuss! Yeah, I could even <laughs> swear a cuss myself. <laughs> yeah i don't know this is a super fun song which yeah i don't know it, it feels like it's great yeah it's it's hard to to deduct points from this one as much as self-serious bullshit like alabama clay because this song is definitely like just playing around and having fun and it's you know it's it's hard to judge it on as harsh a scale nathan it's it's a really good song it's super fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And those low vocals, man. Ah, so good. Okay. So I'm talking about Garth. Yeah. Come on, Garth. Get it right. Okay, next Come song. On. Come on. And this ain't Tennessee. And she ain't you. There's a this song is called This Ain't Tennessee. And I wait, 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 hold on. Hang on. I'm getting to that. Don't interrupt okay. me, mister. I'm sorry. Okay. I was not sure if we should put this song in this order with the rest of the track listing, because according to Wikipedia, this track was not on the original release of the album. It first appeared what? when the album was re-released as part of Brooks's first limited series box set collection. Think outside the box set. And remained part of subsequent <laughs> releases of the album until 2014 when it was released digitally for the first time. So, is that what you were going to say? No. Oh, well, I'm sorry then. I was going to say, I, wait, hold on. This oh, man, that is the one that's next. Yeah. I think I think the A to Z lyrics have them out of order. They don't even have this song as part of No oh, Fences. I see it. It's that's way why. down in, like, the B-sides or something. Um, guess, what, guess what I wrote about, do you want to hear my notes real quick? They're real short. Sure, go for it. I just, I just said, I, I don't care about this song. Ah! <laughs> That's all I wrote. <laughs> that's how I feel about a lot of the songs in the later part of the album. Oh, it's happening again. It's happening again. Um, this is another looking back song. A man is living in a big estate. It's fancy. It's near the ocean with palm trees. Uh, it's not 
It's not clear if it's California, but it very well could be, which would continue Brooks's sort of ambiguous ambivalent. I just really felt like it was Florida. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know why. Okay, it could be. Could be. Um he does seem to have an ambivalent relationship to California though. Um he has yeah. everything, but he still longs for the you of this song, the second person he's addressing, and for his Smoky Mountain home. He doesn't really explain why, except that, quote, there's something just, there's just something easygoing that I love about you and Tennessee. Also, Cameron, Garth Brooks is very invested in wanting you to know that he can definitely get it up. It's not that he's not man enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely gets those boners, so don't you worry about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's not that it's not grand enough. And it's not that I'm not man enough. Oh, that's another bridge. How can you not care about this song? It has a bridge and everything. I didn't say I liked bridges. Oh, well. <laughs> not even Jeff Bridges? Okay. <laughs> He's pretty cool. You got me. Yeah. Uh slow tempo, piano ballad, not very country again. Uh it's got a silly key change. There are there's a few good lyrics in this song. So I made up my li- mind to learn my lines and I tried to play the part. But part of me is in Tennessee and deep down in my heart I miss my Smoky Mountain nuts. home. <laughs> <laughs> these nuts no I, that that pause that i put in there that you so uh, rudely fucked up with your stupid joke <laughs> was pointing out that he enjams this line of uh syntactical line of of sentence across different parts of the music tennessee and deep down in my heart i miss my smoky but it, it rhymes in it kind of a cool way and there's there's lots of like internal rhymes on the lines of these songs of this song um that i kind of enjoy but overall i agree with you that the whole sentiment of the song yeah okay i'm talking about poetic devices that i kind of enjoy but overall no the, no the i like sentiment... i like those devices and songs that i like okay uh, okay yeah overall the sentiment of the song is not great why are you so bored by this song, Cameron? Bore us by your boredom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just honestly, it's it's kind of like the the music is just like the the music and just like also him not being able to say what's pulling him back to Tennessee and this woman and he and he can't really separate them, uh, like just I don't know apathy. This this album is all about uh, satisfaction and dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, like, really wildly vacillates back and forth. Um, and this is the least interesting song about dissatisfaction. It's probably I why think. they left it off the original pressing of the album. Probably. But it's not that he's not man enough. He can definitely get those boners. Just you remember that. <laughs> He sh- he sure can. He sure can. Every every time that it rains. <laughs> Call back. All right. Next song. Let's leave this fucking train wreck in the dust. All right. Sorry. This is always the part of the, the part of the show where 
it just gets starts to get rough because I'm like, oh, I'm bored. This is like <laughs> I hit the wall. <laughs> oh, but the best song on the album still coming up. Cam, come on. All right, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're yeah, right. yeah. Wild horses keep dragging me away. Uh, wild horses. I think it's pretty good. Eh, Rolling Stones did it better. Uh, but it starts with this lyric. From a phone booth in Cheyenne, I made a promise to Diane. <laughs> That's like a Paul Simon style, 50 ways to leave your lover kind of <laughs> lyric. Get on the bus, Gus. Yeah. Get on the horse, Boris. <laughs> this is a song about rodeos. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. So, yeah. Uh, so this is a... Uh, I. Unless I'm missing something, basically the whole song's about like he made a promise to not rodeo anymore, but he's just got a rodeo because he loves rodeo. He's just addicted. There's actually some really good moments in here. Uh, I like the lyric, but tonight I saddled up and let her down. I kind of like that. Hmm. The up and down contrast. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it's mildly clever. Yeah. Um, there's some other good moments here, too. Where is it? Her heart oh, is yeah. all I break is my favorite moment, I think. That's in the chorus. Lyrically? I think it's the most clever line, yeah. Well, because it's before wild horses just stay wild. And her heart is all I break. Like, I guess Yeah. in the context, it's like very obvious that he's making a, a cool pun. Right, 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 yeah. He's not breaking the wild horses, just her heart. I well, think that's, that's pretty good. That's what the line means, yeah. That's what it means. That's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Do you want me to explain it again? Stop looking down at me from your ivory tower. I'm up there with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll push you off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a weird moment where uh, he says, before I hurt her more than she loves me. I don't really know what that means. It's not very good, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like that. That uh, it's it's kind of like this weird, um, like uh, Egyptian god of the dead, like weighing. <laughs> it's like weighing your heart against a feather. It's like, it's like this weird accounting rule <laughs> <Shut> of <up. laughs> of checking out like how much pain did I cause her versus how much like pleasure did her love for me cause her. Like it's kind of this strange calculus uh, ledger going on. Yeah, I would have liked some more horse puns, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Diane, why the long face? <laughs> I promise you no more rodeos. Ooh, boy. Um, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really chomping at the bit to get into this rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And to, and to have you back in my life. Uh-huh. It is another proper country song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's also an oblique reference to America's deplorable healthcare system in the, uh, let's see. Oh, in the chorus, he says, I'll lose more than I'm going to win someday, meaning he's going to spend more money than his winnings once he gets seriously injured. Uh, I, you're sure he's not just talking about his wife? <laughs> Is she his wife? Or Diane? Diane. I don't know. Diane. Diane yeah. sounds like a wife. A and wife name? Girlfriend. There's never been a single woman named Diane. <laughs> who's been, there's never been a woman named Diane who's just a girlfriend. Well, yeah. I mean, you change your name once you get married, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, 
your last name is the same name as your husband's last name, and then your first name is Diane, right? <laughs> right. All those Diane. Someone out there. was talking. Someone was talking about recently. Uh, the what would be like the funniest name for a dog? And someone said like Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most human name. That's great. I'm sorry. That was just on a on another podcast. I'm just stealing podcasts. Oh, good. Bits. Let's steal everyone's bits. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Diane is a character on the television program BoJack Horseman. Um, huh. Though rodeos Whoa. don't feature, rodeos do not feature in that program. But it is about a horse. Um, let's. We're done with this fucking song. Next one. This song is called. Uh, is it unanswered prayers or is it thank God for unanswered prayers? Uh, just it's just called prayers. unanswered prayers. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking. Uh, that's pretty much the entire song. Like you, you get everything you need to know out of the title. It's it's a very narrative story song. Uh, Brooks runs into an old high school flame with his wife. He introduces the two of them to each other. It's awkward. And Brooks realized that he really wasn't that there really wasn't much between them, him and his old high school flame, and she wasn't the person that he actually idolized in high school. And so Brooks is like, "Oh, thank you, God, that you didn't actually listen to me when I said, please let me be with her make, forever. Make this woman mine. Yeah, let me have some sort of love <laughs> potion slash date rape scenario with this girl, please, forever though." Yeah. Yeah. It's got to have at least one of these per album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got to have some like really creepy, nasty thing going on. Um, it's just, it's just him and God broing out. There's like, Hey, look at that one. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Is she actually an old flame? Because it sounds like Brooks was just kind of this creeper from afar. Uh, like he, he says she was the one that I'd wanted for all times. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. Oh, like that doesn't really seem like they that she was actually a quote old flame. It just seems like he was, uh, like lusting after her, and she didn't know he existed. Is that what is that what old flame means? No, old flame would mean like an ex, basically. That's what I assumed, but maybe there's like a different meaning. Hmm. Maybe. 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 Maybe this isn't a bad lyric. Maybe Garth did it on purpose, or whoever wrote this. I mean, maybe. Which lyric? Who? Which lyric? Who wrote this? Uh, that's a good question. I don't have it up in front of me. Uh, Who, th- this is Alger, Larry Bastian, and Brooks. All right, Brooks is in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, just just that, like, uh, there seems to be a continuity error. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> that, Let's retcon this. Issue. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely kind of bothered uh, by the song. I'm probably just like you know projecting religious baggage onto it, but like I'm kind of bothered by like this idea that it it feels like he just has no consideration for this other person, right. and it's like, yeah, God's role in my life is like keeping this just like uh uninteresting person that I would have fallen out of love with away from me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it seems a really demeaning to the old high school flame. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah. it really does. <laughs> I I totally get it and I've totally felt the exact same thing, but uh I I think I have 
enough shame to not uh, write a song about it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You have the decency not to write this fucking song. Yeah, or at least to be a little more like self-aware or generous or self-critical or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole like, uh, then I, uh, as she walked away, uh, and as she walked away, and I looked at my wife. I don't think that's... Then, there's a lot of ands here. No, I think that's a mistake in azlyrics.com. All right, azlyrics. Slash country so, genius slash she the wa- fifth. <laughs> it's in all of them? They just copy and paste from each other. They, they? they actually really do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she walked away and I looked at my wife and then and there <laughs> I thanked the good uh-huh. lord for the gifts in my wife <laughs> in my wife <laughs> my life <laughs> and then there's a weird moment where he says some of God's greatest gifts are all too often unanswered yeah and it's, and it's like a moment of just like uh, like kind of just taking a little peek into the void and then closing it up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. It's all on purpose. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely is a plan and there's definitely a, a big guy upstairs who's uh, definitely like uh, uh, making sure that what happens is supposed to be what happens and destiny. Oh, I got, I got to get Garth the right lady and not this old bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this bitch again. <laughs> Gotta get her away from Garth. Man, why did I even make you? <laughs> He's destined for greater things. You're you exist to teach Garth a lesson. <laughs> <that's it>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh man! And 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 for like one of the worst confirmation religious confirmation bias songs oh, to yeah. ever exist. Yeah, this really pushes my buttons on like all kinds of horrible religious baggage as well. This is, it's a this is a bad time song. Do you want to talk about um, uh, this this Greece song? Same old story. Yeah, that's a song from Greece. It's it's uh, it's your turn. It's your turn. Because <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. I hate this song. It's not good. Say. But Is there anything worth mentioning? I just don't care. I have a few lines about it. All right. I don't know. Synopsize it for us. Oh, okay. And then we'll tear uh, it to pieces. Uh, couples dancing, um, and uh, she holds him close and loves him so, and he's thinking about uh, someone else. Um, same old story that everyone knows. It's one heart holding on one letting go uh and then uh and then there's another story right smash cut smash cut exactly uh while they ride i don't, don't know what, what are they riding, riding. Mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't say each other while they ride lord he tells her while they ride lord they ride the uh, lord he tells her how they too will settle down, but she only hears the highway and a voice in some other town. So it's just the same thing, but in this time, the lady is discontent. Has is dis ah uh, yeah is isn't like isn't into it. Yep. Um, and uh, is that a bridge? I'm looking at the lyrics. I I, I think so. Yeah. Is that a one-time bridge? It might be, but I don't even Maybe. care. I do give a um, shit. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's basically just like 
two like little glimpses of um one person who's very in love unrequited love that's sort of secret and and gradual right yeah so, yeah i i wrote down in my notes kind of interesting that he finally has any part of a song from a woman's perspective wait wait no <laughs> he just wrote two verses each one about a man and a woman in different relationships each planning to leave like yeah he still yep. doesn't really extend um that kind of empathy towards a woman or inhabit that or even like try to represent that in a song yeah the most i the most i felt it was in thunder rolls yeah yeah probably even even without that third verse obviously the third verse would have given a lot more character right development but um i did i did sort of feel like i it was effectively i don't know i yeah saw that character in her in her favorite flannel clown outfit (laughs) (laughs) honk honk yeah. Uh, Just slipping on banana peels. Where's my left husband? And, right. <laughs> and then, uh, then she goes into the driveway and uh, he pulls up and it's just uh, like a... There's like, like 19 a bunch clowns of in his, tr- his pickup truck. Just opens the door <laughs> and clown after clown comes out of his pickup. <laughs> They've all been with other clowns. <laughs> Illicit clowning around. Yeah. You could say that they were down to clown. Anyway, there's not much to this song. It's not even three minutes. It's not even three minutes long. It's a mushy ballad with an overly dramatic chorus. Uh, there's some silly background vocals in the chorus. Um, also, P.S. Fuck this song. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I'm Mr. Blue. When you say you love me, then prove it by going out on the sky. This song is called Mr. Blue, and interestingly enough, this is a cover of a song by a band called the Fleetwoods from 1959. And I originally read that as Fleetwood Mac, and I got really excited, and it's not yeah, Fleetwood Mac. it's not. It's the Fleetwoods. Lyrically, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a lyrically weak song. It's pretty precedented about being sad that someone is bad to you. I sleep alone each night, wait by the phone each night, but you don't call. It describes a two-faced woman who claims to love him, then goes out on the town and, I guess, parties with other dudes or something? Uh, Relevant lyrics would be, when you say you love me, then prove it by going out on the sly. So this song's strength is not the lyrics. Um, Wait, there's a lyric here where it says, I don't know if this is an AZ issue or not, but it says... Uh, and I won't hurt my pride. Call me Mister. Does it oh. really not say blue after that? <laughs> and I won't hurt my pride. Call me Mister. I won't tell you when you. This song. I looked up the original song, and the original is so cool. It has this really awesome jazzy guitar, especially in the intro. The vocals are really awesome. Um, the lead vocal is doing his best Chet Baker impression. There's yeah. some fun trumpet work, great harmonies. It's a softer version of this song, and there's more emphasis on the main vocals. When you say you love me, then prove it by going. Um, that being said, I do appreciate 
this up-tempo stomp that Brooks's version has. It's kind of Burt Bacharach oh, a little bit. I haven't listened to Burt Bacharach at all. Dude. Burt Bacharach's the best. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I could say if his lyrics are any good, but like... I mean, there's some good moments. I prefer I Burt Fronterach. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, Pretty good joke, huh? I'm not going to yes hand. Okay. <laughs> no but, no. Yeah. <laughs> no but, no. Um. Yeah, I do, I do think Brooks's version is pretty charming. I think it's also the best song on the album. Um, despite, yeah, despite, and also doesn't belong on the album. <laughs> it's we're seeing a pattern here that the best song on the yeah. album does not belong on the album. Um, yeah. Despite not being a great song lyrically, it's just it's so fun musically. Um, yeah, there's a really cool guitar solo which has kind of a jazz influence that um, I don't know if shows up anywhere else on the album. Yeah, it's like it has this one part where it's like in octaves, and it's like just sounds super groovy and and really good. I really like seeing Brooks draw from these different genres, the kind of like plunky piano pop Randy Newman song in the last album, this jazzy pop slash doo wop. Yeah. Um, he has professed his love for rock and roll. Uh, and he did release a Chris Gaines rock and roll album, which I no think spoilers. we're going to have to cover that. I think <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This song's great. I love it. Yeah, he he really he's does some great vocals in this and you can really tell that he's not just a country singer but he's like a vocalist who slips into other different genres. Yeah. You know, he really sounds just like James Taylor a lot in the first track. He mm-hmm. I don't know if he's how much he sounds like Elton John in the Elton John one. Probably some moments. Mm-hmm. There's there's some there's some moments when it sounds like that 70s piano pop. Um and then in this one like I don't know if he sounds like a specific singer or not, but he sounds really at home ending phrases on, um, on jazz notes, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's, he'll end on the seven or something over the corridor, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And he he does it with conviction you can tell he's very comfortable doing it. So it's Mm kind of cool to see him like, you know, stretch his legs a little bit. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Um, next song is called wolves. I can't think of this song without thinking about when I was in uh, Yellowstone National Park last summer and we were staying at a hotel in Montana right outside the park and the woman who ran the hotel front desk kept talking to us about running into bears and woofs in Yellowstone Park. (laughs) So tell me about the song Woofs, Cameron. Then I spent the morning thinking... About the ones the wolves pulled out. Yeah, this this song's like kind of zoomed out. So it starts uh, in the winter, and uh, the speaker is, I guess, a cowboy. Is that what driving heifers means? Uh, could be a cowboy rancher, somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, then it keeps repeating the line. Then I spent the morning thinking about the one the wolves pulled down. 
and then it talks about Charlie Barton and his family. Uh, the um, bank was taken over. Um, they couldn't, I guess, grow enough, whatever, because of a drought. Or I didn't. Mm-hmm. They said the last few years were just too dry. I don't mean if they li- meant that literally or just like colloquially, figuratively, right. too dry. Like yeah, nothing in the bank. Dry spell. Um, and uh, yeah, so that would lead me to think that in that case, the wolves are the bank, uh, or something, or capitalism. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then. Lord, please shine a light of hope on those of us who fall behind. And when we stumble in the snow, could you help us up while there's still time? It seems just like a kind of generic prayer to people who are falling on hard times, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the last verse is it's kind of interesting. He's basically saying like, Lord, I trust you. But um, I am bothered by people struggling. And then he ends it on a note where he's just like, oh, and please don't let me be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of ruins it for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's like uh, kind of a existential like, um, you know, is this all part of a plan? Uh, what does it mean? It's not fair that like sometimes people fall, fall on hard times, I guess. Is that is that what you got from this? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's okay. It's pretty clear. I I do think that it's got some kind of interesting writing. I appreciate. Oh yeah, that, that es- es- yeah. especially when he says, uh, "You know, you, you've always seen me through, and I know you got your raisins for yes. each and everything you do." <laughs> yes. So I don't, I really don't know what he meant by that. I mean, God loves dried grapes. <laughs> It's all over the Old Testament, Cameron. You of all people guys know just about like, this. Guys just like, I love what you guys did with my grapes. <laughs> I fucking love them grapes. Those California raisins? Love it. Uh, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to enchant them with my god magics and make them <laughs> sing R&B or Motown or whatever they sing. California raisins from the California vineyards. All right, sorry. Yeah. So I appreciate that the writing is not quite as connect the dots as it could have been. The The second yeah. verse doesn't explicitly say that the banks are the wolves. So it draws a parallel, a metaphor that I appreciate that he doesn't like make it super, super, uh, well, I, I was going to say obvious, but it, it's pretty obvious what he's getting at but he doesn't like connect all the dots for you which that's kind of nice to see but who are the wolves but what in wolves <laughs> is uh woofs woofs um there's some pretty cliched writing about being lost in the snow blah 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 uh i kind of like tonight outside my window there's a lonesome mournful sound as a way to describe the howling of the wolves of the woofs yeah, I that, I kind of appreciate that that way of describing that is is kind of kind of good. Um, but in my notes, I write another low tempo poppy ballad, pretty generic and bland, without even the Elton John choruses like so many similar songs on this album have. I'm so fucking tired of these. Oh, there is some like 
there's a bunch of really awesome bowed upright bass in this song. Oh, really? I didn't notice it until I listened with my like Dre Beats headphones. Oh, uh, oh the ones that like boost the bass way too much. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad that they did because it's it's pretty cool. There's some pretty oh, cool moments. I gotta re- re-listen to that. I mean, even yeah. as much as I hate the Pump- idea of listening to this song again. <laughs> Pump the bass and listen for the the actual bowed bass in the song, and it's pretty cool. Everything else is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Other than that, I totally agree. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, that's the end. No more songs on this album. Any general thoughts about this album or statements to make? Uh, Some just, like, stray thoughts. Um. I should have pointed them out at the time, but like there's a bunch of like strange endings in this album. Like there's a bunch of really unnecessary fade outs. Yeah. Um, throughout the album. Like a lot of just like, why? Why did you why is this a fade out? <laughs> why? This is dumb. No, stop. And well, then it's over. They gotta pad the length, Cam, because this album is only thirty eight minutes long. The first album was only thirty two minutes long. He's not you know, he has pretty short albums. Huh. Uh, there's also some moments with like some weird non uh, fade out endings where there's like seems like there's like a I don't know some like weird cutoffs like if anyone ever listens to this like the end of this song is kind of strange it it sounds like it's like an like a synth swell I don't think that it is it's like bowed bass and uh, pedal steel or something mm-hmm. but it sounds like a synthesizer swell all of a sudden it's like oh whoa that's like a weird moment and then there's like a bunch of moments at the ends of songs that have like a, a kind of unnecessary string swell that's very compressed that kind of sounds like midi strings yeah. um, so the for for all of the like really high production there's still some kind of like weird little moments that seem ill-advised i mean it was 1990 yeah yeah doesn't stand the test of time occasionally a lot of it sounds really good yeah yeah um like big big too big what do you mean it's the sound is really big like i think they compressed it a lot so like Mm. and and then separate they lifted and separated Mm. it i like the sound of that uh, there's a lot of support. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, what about you? I, I agree. Um, I do think that there's so little country on this album, it's kind of astonishing for yeah. a supposedly country album. Um, also, there's a lot more self-conscious religiosity. The first album yes. had one reference to God, which was that like really gross possessive verse from uh, i forget what the song was called but it was basically like i kneeled down and asked the lord god to uh give me her or whatever yeah uh this album is lousy with really similar moments yeah <laughs> give me that lady give me that prize <laughs> great vending machine in the sky um you know this album is is lousy with it um i yeah. do think that you could make one pretty good album out of the self-titled album in this one you leave out a lot of the sentimental ballads and you'd be all set. I see. Yeah. 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 It'd be, it'd be a pretty good album. I'd say. I'm also, I'm also curious about like what's on Garth's mind in this. Cause I know that he, he doesn't necessarily have the lead writing credit on most of these songs, but mm-hmm. I know that he 
he says what he wants a song written about. Right. Um, and there seems to be a much more cohesive theme in this. Like I said earlier, I think he's really talking about satisfaction or dissatisfaction. And, uh, and then, the, and then this song at the very end, uh, is, is, seems to be like he's, Gar- I, I wonder if Garth in his like fame is like having complicated feelings or something that he's not quite on top about, of. About fame or about like his relationships? About his relationships in his life. Like, you know, like I wonder what effect his success has had on his life. Mm-hmm. He he seems like he's like processing a bunch of stuff in the songs that he's choosing um, and not necessarily always in a super self-aware way to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. We got we got to rate this album. I think it's better than the last one. I do think it's overall stronger than the self-titled. Yeah. yeah. Um, I dreaded it less. I don't know. It it's it still has the same problem with low tempo bland ballads. Uh, but it got to get rid of those. You got it, and but it distributes them across the album a bit better, so they're not just concentrated in the second half. It's yeah. not just quite a slog. It's like peppered here and there. Um, it's a little easier to get through. Sure. All right. Do your do your bit. Now it's time to go to the Amazon. Um, I don't actually have a lot from the Amazon from the one star or low star reviews of this album. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the reviews of this album are, are five star. Okay. Huh. I don't think Garth's detractors are coming to Amazon to complain. I do want to read you the top critical review of this album on Amazon. Um, And I think that's chosen by the viewers of this uh, product page. Or maybe it's chosen by Amazon. I don't know. Anyway, the top critical review is by Old Gamer on April 13th, 2017. (laughs) He gives it three stars and he says, okay, That's it. <laughs> That's the top okay. critical review. It's a pretty high standard of criticism, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 Really, really cut to the core. Oh, man. Yeah. Now let's go to Raspberry Perfume on the songmeanings.com web service writes about the song, The Thunder Rolls. He or she writes, this is the only country song I will probably ever like, but this song is cool. <laughs> it tells a story, and the video is cool, too. It's one of the only songs I've heard that has a video to go right along with it. Story songs are pretty cool. <laughs> and I, I appreciate the creative approach to emphasis in this review. <laughs> I mean, I trust Raspberry Perfume, and that Raspberry Perfume has a, a plan for all his or her words. <laughs> I, also, I guess we got to start watching uh, music videos for these albums. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Garth is in them, we have to watch them. No, we don't. <laughs> you can watch them and then report back to me. All right, fine. I think that'll 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 come across better for our listeners because I'll be the audience stand-in. All right, uh, Punk Ass Five 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 writes about the song Thunder Rolls. Garth used to kick ass. Now I don't know what he does. <laughs> so apparently he was a fan from the first album and thought that Garth kicked ass. Yeah. But he's completely confused by the, the song, The Thunder Rolls. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Binky3050 writes, does she shoot and kill him? The song doesn't say. That makes me kind of mad. Motivation, but no murder. I'm just kidding. I don't think anyone should kill anyone in a made-up story. Life is depressing enough as it is. I love this song, though. I don't think I've ever seen the music video, but I hope to someday. (laughs) Someday I'll get this uh, uh, damn internet TV to work. (laughs) Someday I'll I'll accomplish all my dreams. (laughs) Oh, all those dreams I had about my life. Really got away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few about friends in low places. Gorilla in the midst writes, what does he mean when he says, give me an hour and I'll be as high as that ivory tower? Does he mean high, like as in the effect of reefer? <laughs> Cameron, what do you think? I think he's definitely talking about that kind herb. It's going to be... Chief in that kind bud. Yeah. He's going to be 420 blazing it off that ivory tower. <laughs> okay. I'll do one more. There's, I'm choosing among at least four good ones. But this one is related to the song Unanswered Prayers. And a user named Goofy as Fuck writes in 2004. <laughs> <clears throat> this girl and I have had an on-again, off-again relationship since we've been apart for about a year now. Part of me wants to still love her, but at the same time, I know that if I give it time, things will get better. Garth Brooks, even though this isn't your best song by a long shot, you still managed to definitely get the job done. Have a drink on me, Garth. (laughs) Yep. This one's for you, Goofy as Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This one goes out to my number one fan, Goofy as Fuck. (laughs) Um, So, I guess goofy as fuck like mailed garth a beer or something that Uh, wasn't nearly as goofy as i hoped it would be (laughs) that was neither whimsical nor erotic (laughs) (laughs) i'm very disappointed well i guess that's the end (laughs) uh screech to halt (laughs) came by i guess (laughs) um hey i just I want to do a little self-indulgent plugging um get up in the cool is is a podcast that i host where we play a Traditional Appalachian uh, fiddle and banjo music um, and other um, other traditional musics that are sort of peripheral or tangential to Appalachian uh, fiddle music. So uh, it's a weekly interview and jam show. So you should definitely check it out. Um, I try to make it as accessible as possible to um, people outside of the tradition because it's sort of an insular uh, music tradition because usually you don't really listen to it unless you play it. But I'm giving you an awesome opportunity to like hear it as it should sound, which is like not not recorded in a studio, but like very candid. So for all the same reasons why you love listening to two dingus's talk, uh, we play we play music the same way on Get Up in the Cool. <laughs> you mean really badly and sort of drunkenly and slurring all the time? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's not rehearsed. So <laughs> No, it sounds real good. It it does actually sound real good. <laughs> All right. Um I guess it's the time where we sign off. Thanks for listening, yeah. everyone. This has Until been Until next time. Think outside the box set. <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt saying, have one on me, Garth. Okay, bye. <laughs> Don't make that your catchphrase, <laughs> goddammit. You did that last and time. I'm, I'm Cameron DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Bye. You disgust <laughs> me. <laughs>